0: Welcome to Faithful Deconstruction. I'm Jesse Kirkshane
1: and I am Roland Smith.
0: And we are going to talk today and have a conversation about the role of community and and kind of share a little bit of our own stories of deconstruction. <laughs> In the last episode, we heard from Greg and we heard about how he had deconstructed the way he thought about church mm-hmm. and, and just that uh, fantastic and interesting and painful journey of just changing it all up and, mm-hmm. and realizing that the things that he held most dear weren't finding an expression and in, in that maybe he had, he had chosen some paths wrong or, or at least mm-hmm. that there was a better way. And it's hard to kind of get over yourself, yeah, a little bit. So you and I have both done that, yeah. and and I want to talk about that. But I want to take us back before we do to this very fascinating part about the Tower of Babel story, mm-hmm. and that is that it's located in Genesis eleven, and it is in the middle of and and the the lineage of Shem. So Shem is one of um, the descendants of. Noah. And so you have like the world repopulating and it gives some of the lineage of Shem. And then it has the Tower of Babylon, like this little vignette of nine verses. And then it kind of repeats mm-hmm. the lineage of Shem again and takes that to Abraham. So by uh, chapter 12, you have the call of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I when I was sitting with the scriptures and just kind of letting the them soak into me and the Lord teach me, I was like, what is that about? because i'm i'm always interested in the order in which god does things and mm-hmm. when things are like my editor would like change it i'm like what so if god doesn't have a very good editor to make sure that they're not <laughs> repeating themselves and things are in the right order yeah. then yeah. there then there has to be purpose mm-hmm. so i'm always curious about the purpose mm-hmm. so what and what it says to me and i'm interested what what it says to you because what it says to me is that yes the world is repopulating and and the people are coming together, but then they get scattered. And it moves for me, it moves from that, that scattering into the beginning of the promise of reunification. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, we go to Abraham and then the covenant God made with Abraham and saying, mm-hmm. okay, no, actually, you're my people. You may be scattered across the world, you may have no common language. And, and it, this may have been the most disrupting thing. I mean, after the flood, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in a long time, right. I don't even know the time frames. But the, the promise that that desire for us not to be scattered and to belong to one another mm-hmm. is actually the way God made us. Mm-hmm. And so we want to talk about community, and and ultimately, I see that the beginning of the journey that that ends with Jesus, and that Jesus is actually the thing that is the fulfillment of the promise of reunification. And that's Un- kind unites of unites us. Yeah, re right. and unites us like Ephesians yeah. four. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about but I mean that's kind of how I hold that, but I'm interested in how yeah, you I'm, interpret that
1: I definitely see the community um, aspects of that and, and mm-hmm. the driving back to community um, I think one of one of the most interesting uh, things I would notice out of that is that um, they're never really apart from god's story mm-hmm. and so i think I think oftentimes when we you know, when we deconstruct, or we have doubts, or you know, we're leaving one community of faith and trying to figure out something else, or you've got Greg trying to change the ethos of his church, or whatever. You mm. you almost feel like you're exiting God's story, mm. like a you know, and then you're merging back in with something new. Um, but I really just wonder. I mean, you're always part of God's story, and I mean, whether deconstruction is caused by God I mean that's way above my pay grade I don't know but I know that he redeems things and so I think wherever we are what Babel kind of says to me is that there's this redemptive process back to Mm -hmm. community he's always part of the story Mm
0: -hmm. and that he never Mm -hmm. like we don't we can't wander too far away from him like he never just lets us go right like he's always there trying to yeah redemption I, Mm -hmm. I think that's the perfect word you know in my own deconstruction it's that truth that i think has chased me even you know there was a part of my deconstruction where i did run away from god mm-hmm. but he didn't run away from me i mean i shared a little bit about the part of my deconstruction when we were talking sure. and it, but it, but that was after a different season where i had mm-hmm. run away and so i knew i knew he wasn't going to leave me and he wasn't going to let me go so even while i was sorting other things out with him i you know each each time i deconstructed it built upon each other and mm-hmm. i didn't lose the truths that i had earned or gained or or really realized in the one beforehand mm-hmm. so i mean what about what about you what is has what your thoughts about god changed as you've been through different seasons of deconstruction
1: well i mean i and i, I think i said this in episode 1 but where where i was in my 20s let's say Um, a new christian Hmm. you know but in ministry um and and having not grown up in the church um where i am now is very different um and even the way i think about whether it's theology ecclesiology missiology you know all these components of um you know ministry and um, god's work in the world but So I'm in a very, very different place, but and we were talking earlier that, you know, what I would say is that deconstruction has allowed me to have a more fulfilling faith. Now, I mean, Mm. my faith is more alive. It's freer to me. It's like it has less of a weight on my shoulders. Mm. Um, It is definitely messier, but what I've been able to do is find a uh, a comfort. In the messiness, I don't ask the same questions of the Bible. I don't ask the same questions of my church. I don't, the, you know, my metrics and the way I view those things have changed. But it's um, but it's given me more resonance in my relationship with God. I don't know if that makes, makes if sense that makes sense. So so <laughs> at sixty, I feel like I'm in a, the best place I've ever been in my faith.
0: Hmm.
1: And I and I might say. I have fewer answers about like, well, what does that really mean in the Bible? Was that historical or metaphorical? All those kinds of things. I think I have fewer answers for someone, but I feel like I know more about God than I ever did. So,
0: so because you've been, been through these processes and, and you've allowed God to, to reform your identity and, and mm-hmm. teach you more about yourself and teach you more about him, it led you to create this community that meets at your house. I mean, yeah. tell us a little bit about that cuz cuz we want to we want to encourage people and and create and be part of communities that hold us while we ask questions and maybe deconstruct and mm-hmm. and just journey with us. So, what has that been like yeah, for you?
1: Yeah, and I, and I don't know if like I created this community or if God created the community for me. Mm-hmm. It's a you know, it's just like anything like that. You you you're blessed by what you feel led to start, you know, um, but it was during COVID and our neighborhood was in upheaval, like neighborhoods around the country, and um, people couldn't meet in churches or small groups or those kinds of things. And I, you know, I think at that time you could meet outside in groups of ten or whatever the rule was. And um, so I just I went on this little thing called Next Door, which a lot of people have Next Door um, apps and stuff. And it's just a communication device for your city or neighborhood. If you, if you have next door, you should go find it because it's the best way to, to kind of live missionally into stuff. Um, and I just, I just put out an invitation. I said, Hey, if you're, uh, if you're a Christ follower and you're finding COVID and all these things, um, these tensions, uh, in your life, um, Would anyone like to meet down at the park? We've got a park about two blocks away, uh, and I'll bring coffee and we can just talk about, you know, all this stuff that's going on in our lives and kind of get it off our chests and all that. And so, you know, there were a few people that said yes. And so, um, I came down here to our church community, made coffee, took it down to the park and met some people and met, um, a couple of, uh, Younger girls that told just like told their whole story transparently, and it was, Hmm. you know, it was one of those deconstructive stories that that was from kind of a church abuse um, structure, Um, and out of that, um, one of them asked, you know, you know, are you going to do any more of those meetings or something like that? And so we just we put it together and started meeting on Monday nights and some different friends started, Hey, could I be part of that? Or could I come to that? And um, we've had a couple of new members and an older couple that have started coming. And, you know, it reminds me of some of the things you've said where like in Babel, you know, you can kind of imagine these people kind of getting blown out, you know, from, from this community and they're kind of wandering looking for themselves, looking for who is like me, you know, and what part of the group am I part of now? And I think what it's done is it's helped just create a safe place for people to say, Oh, there's some people like me so they can enter into a discussion. And um, I mean, and I've, I've been to seminary, I've done all, you know, done all this study and all this stuff. So I could easily try to take that over with, well, here's what you should believe or here's what the Bible says or here, you know, whatever. Um, And so I think what my deconstruction has helped me do is sit with people like that. And it's whether they're saying, I don't know if I believe in God anymore to um, I really love Jesus and I hate the church or I'm trying to figure out a way back into the church, whatever it is. I'm able to sit with all of those, you know, and and understand. Um, and so it's been good for me and in, in my continued journey, and I think it's helped give us space for safe conversation. And the fruit of it is there are some redemptive stories of people finding their way back into community. I mean, we heard that from Nicole. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. part of that group, and that was her first step back in, and now she's kind of you know, come into a larger, you know, um, worship gathering, which I mean that's not the that's not necessarily the goal, but I think what it points to is that she's saying, Oh, I can be with the people of God. It's not necessarily like my old experience, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so finding new the new community mm-hmm. in, in the people who who can be with you where you're at. I yeah. mean is there anything from your past from your own journey of deconstruction that you remember and you tried, you know, like, like, was there anybody who journeyed with you well that you then try to model and, and, and do the same thing?
1: No, I mean, my own personal deconstruction was a quiet one hmm. because I was on church staffs where the kinds of things that I was, you know, wondering and thinking about, um, probably would have made me suspect, you know, hmm. in the community that I was in. Um, you know, and I, and I think the, que- the questions that I was asking were um, perhaps questions that other pastors and church leaders have thought, hmm. but also never felt freedom to discuss, you know? Hmm. Um, and I think God can handle our doubts yeah. But somehow we can't let God handle our, you know, other people's doubts or our doubts. And, and so, um, I, you know, there were podcasts I'd listen to or books I would read or, th- you know, different things. And, um, and not growing up in the church, I didn't have like a, I didn't have a baggage or a tradition oh, okay. that held those things. And so I was a free, kind of a freer thinker, you know, um, but I think, you know, there was a point in my story where we kind of left the church. We opened a coffee shop, planted a little missional community, and, and didn't think that we would go back into the institutional church. The The staff that I'm on at the church I'm at now um, is a very different place, and it welcomes—we're really welcoming of different journeys and different ways of thinking. And so, um, you know, or I probably wouldn't be on a church staff, you know, if it weren't that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean that reminds me of what Toby said, right, where he was talking about being with people and just holding the space with them, understanding that that there may be things of the old environment that are triggering. Right. You know, whatever whatever that that past story is and, you know, so sometimes people change whole denominations or they might go from being evangelical to being orthodox or from catholic to, mm-hmm. you know, evangelical. I mean like like we kind of str- we kind of change major theology streams because those are different experiences of yeah. of church in profound ways and and Toby just you know talking about creating a space that was that people could come into and and they could have a conversation about Jesus without being distracted by yeah all the things that they were working
1: through and I, and I love his I love the way that they say in their community that we're guides not gatekeepers right and I I think it's unfortunate and I think it's true and maybe unintentional that, like pastors in seminaries or whatever, they're kind of, they're kind of launched into ministry, being taught you're the interpreter of everything right. for your church, and so it's your job to tell people what they should believe. You know,
0: right? Because they're trained that because, orthodoxy or that agreement of belief, yeah, is the thing that unites us.
1: Is the thing that unites us. Whereas now I think the journey toward Jesus mm-hmm. is the thing that unites us. Yeah. No, and and so um, so yeah, I think I think if we could just if a lot if a lot of us as church leaders could just make that shift of, I'm here to help be a guide in mm-hmm. a community. I mean, that's what God's called me to. That's why right. I did all the extra education or whatever, or studied Greek or whatever, you know. I'm just here to be a guide, then, as, as opposed to a gatekeeper. Not only would people not be kind of pushed into deconstruction, but right. it would it would actually be freer to them in ministry as well. I think they would. It's messier, but <laughs> but I think it enlivens all the things that we're called to as ministers. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate that. Wait in the first deconstruction space, it I was in a church of gatekeepers mm-hmm. and it resulted in my whole family getting kicked out of the church. So in that first time, I mean, fortunately, my parents have always just taught us to have a deep relationship with God and they haven't been dogmatic. And so my brother and my sister and I have never left our faith, even as we've been on um, a pretty amazing journey. But, you know, so the first one, they were all gatekeepers Mm -hmm. and, and being kicked out of church is like a really intense thing because you're trying to pursue Jesus. Like that Mm -hmm. reason (laughs) that you pursue Jesus out of the walls of the church because then they're, and they're sending you. Mm -hmm. But then in the second one um, I was part of just this amazing faith community where everybody was guides, literally like mountain guides and wilderness guides and, Mm -hmm. and everything. And so everybody held that posture and it was like this community of 200 people to help, just hold that space with me and where one person didn't like was like, I have no idea how to, how to help you with this. Not mm-hmm. that they were looking for answers, but they just didn't even know how to encourage your coach. And sure. they would be like, okay, go talk to this person. And that person would be like, oh yeah, this doesn't intimidate me. Let me just sit with you. Yeah. And sometimes they had wisdom and sometimes they just had presence. And so like I learned to not be afraid of
1: mm-hmm.
0: the questions and they, and they did it as a group project. Like, my growth and development was the group was a project of the group as not in a bad project way, but like, like they weren't trying to fix me. They just took collective responsibility for me as a disciple of Jesus. And they did that for everyone else. Right. So it's just phenomenal. And they taught me a lot about, you know, their stories and journeys of deconstruction and where they were and, and how they learned to trust God more. So I think if we, if we hold it as a, if we hold it individually, we're gonna feel overwhelmed by different people's stories. I think as Toby talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the right person necessarily to walk with everybody. Right. That's true of all of us. But if we can do it as a community, then I think we can be a place where people can deconstruct and reconstruct without losing their faith.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um this there's this quote in mm. Ron McLaren's um, Faith After Doubt. Um and he says, To my surprise, I discovered that at the heart of my own tradition in the bible i had been reading my whole life and especially in the life and teachings of jesus mary paul james john you know etc mm-hmm. the fresh understanding of faith my heart was thirsty for had been waiting like a hidden spring all along mm. and so you know i think i think sometimes it's it's that what we've been longing for is there and it's not necessarily attached to you know the institution or the people or something like that that have given us the distaste or pushed us into kind of a new new way of thinking and in community I think is where those hidden springs are found right and other people's
0: stories right because
1: someone can be a guide and say oh but what about this and it Mm -hmm. becomes a hidden spring That was there all along, you know, and so community is so important to journey in those things together.
0: Yeah, I think the research shows that whether or not a person loses their faith Mm -hmm. in the deconstructive spaces and the two different ones really has to do with the community, Mm -hmm. right? So if the community says, well, for you to ask questions means you don't have faith and they kick you out, like you're much more likely to abandon your faith because you don't have somebody to show you those springs and you're going to end up just wandering over there. While I feel like in the research shows that a community that can hold that, then you, f- you hang on to your faith even while you find different beliefs about things or, or examine your beliefs and come, you know, come to the same conclusion, come to different conclusions. But the community really is the key factor in yeah. whether or not people keep their faith. So if, you know if we do it alone we're more likely to lose our faith but if yeah. we do if, but finding somebody like that group you have uh, that's more likely to help us endure and, and just not lose sight of how God is also moving mm-hmm. in this situation that we still are in God's story
1: yeah i mean think about the disciples and what they must have been thinking as mm-hmm. a group because most of these guys probably and i'm, and I'm sure they were they were used to Hebraic rhythms of faith and the, the temple and sacrifice and all these things. And then Jesus comes along and, and starts deconstructing. I mean, it's basically what he's doing. So they are a community walking through this. And, and you even see it a few times in scripture where it's, you know, it may not say it, um, but you can see Jesus say something and you can imagine them just looking at each other like, what? Like we're going to eat with, what? Who? Sinners and tax collectors? Are you kidding? And so he's like teaching them along the way, and they find these new springs or this new way, this new kingdom, which is gospel, good news, right? And so I think, um, you know, maybe even our deconstruction is a discovery of good news, yeah. what what the gospel really is, and at times because, you know, like people like. Nicole um, or what Toby has experienced or what Greg, Greg is shifting from can feel a little more legalistic. Um, and so just like Jesus leading from a more legalistic culture into a good news kingdom right. that's based on relationship um, with him, maybe that's what we can seek too is a gospel. And you could just call it we're looking for good news, not deconstruction, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if my hope is for the people who are listening to this and the communities that are listening to this, the communities um, see themselves as having a vital role, not mm-hmm. in having answers, but in having presence and patience and, and at least just continuing to recenter the conversation on mm-hmm. Jesus, right? So where is Jesus? Who is Jesus in this moment for us? What, is, what might Jesus be saying to us? Where's the mm-hmm. example in Scripture? And we can walk away from or, or let all the rest of it go and find that centered set mm-hmm. on, on Jesus' life in us. So as a community focused on Jesus, I mean, I don't know what we figure out or if we figure anything out, but at least we can have that unity in him, which I think yeah. is the promise yeah. on the other side of the Tower of Babel. Yeah. That's my hope. That's my hope for the communities as we walk forward.
1: Yeah, and I would just I would just say to anyone, whether you're a pastor wondering about things, or just a person, you know, trying to frame a new um, paradigm of Jesus and God and faith, that it, you're not alone. I mean, there, I mean, we know there are just scores of people that have been part of church or faith. And there are scores of pastors out there asking questions. And whatever spectrum of this you're in, uh, you're not alone. And, um, and I know that we would offer to help try to help connect to communities. But I mean, whatever city it is, whatever state it is, um, there are communities of people that are trying to figure this out. And so if, to find one, you know, and journey in it. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, what, that's my prayer, too. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because I think the the danger would be feeling that we're alone mm-hmm. and that we can get lost in the wilderness all by ourselves. So, True. as the African parable says, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so. great. That's great.
0: Well, thank you for being with us. We just hope that these conversations help you find the journey of deconstructing without losing your faith. Thank you for tuning in for Faithful Deconstruction. As a listener to this podcast, we wanted to make available to you a free download entitled Six Questions of Faithfulness. They're questions that help you both honor God and the journey you're on. You are not alone and you're not lost, even if it might feel like it.
1: Go to hoology.co for access to our free resources today.